Blog Talk Radio. One, two, one, two, three, four. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to our 21st episode of Joe Radio's The Career Expert Live. Got an awesome show tonight. Um, I do apologize up front if I sound a little stuffy or a little congested or hoarse. I'm still battling whatever's going on. But as they say, the show must go on. And, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, you got to do what you got to do. And these are the moments that you got to break through. This is what separates the wannabes versus the the real serious players out there. And that's what I've got to do. So just bear with the voice. Um, Hopefully should be back stronger than ever next week. Uh, We've got a very special guest in Stephen Aldrich, who is the Senior Vice President of business applications at GoDaddy. Uh, really, really neat individual. So we're going to talk uh, what's going on with GoDaddy. Get some really good career advice uh, from Stephen. He'll be dialing in in just about a few minutes. Uh, we had a great interview with Dr. Barb Fralinger last week from Team Beachbody. She's one of their top Beachbody coaches. And as we said, health is very important for your career. And that's one of the areas that I want to focus on as well, your health, wellness, and your skill development, You know, continuing to develop your skills and training uh, it's all about the career triangle and that and your finances, but um, it's going to be a great show. I do want to take a quick moment of silence, though, to remember uh, those folks we lost in the uh, San Bernardino um, tragedy last week. So just a quick moment of silence here for those folks. Thank you, everybody. Um, so the news that we have um, that impacts careers Uh, The Republican debate is coming up again on the 15th of December. We'll see what happens. Not really going to mention any of the crazy stuff that's going on lately, but uh, should be a very interesting and entertaining debate. Uh, Star Wars Episode 7 is 10 days away. Obviously, as a Star Wars fan, I'm very, very excited. Um, My kids are going to be joining me in the theater, so it's going to be a very exciting time. But it's absolutely amazing what uh, that's going to do for the economy when you think about it. Um, We're probably talking over a billion dollars in ticket sales, merchandise, and everything. So uh, it's going to be real interesting to see what that does for Disney, Lucasfilm. So I'm sure there'll be some job creation there. Uh, Apple just indicated they're working on a battery that holds a much longer charge. Definitely sign me up for that. I have my iPhone 6, love it. But by 11, 12 o'clock, the battery is mostly drained and I'm kind of charging it up each day. But uh, it's good news to hear. Uh, and for me, uh, joewu.com is launching within less than two weeks now. Uh, the site is actually up, and you'll see our coming soon page. Um, but if you want to reach out to me, definitely reach out to me, and we'll get some great deals. And we actually have Mr. Aldrich uh, giving us a call in. So let's bring him on. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Joe. How are you? How you doing? Good. Enjoying the the beautiful Let's see, what day are we? Tuesday afternoon, middle of December, and the nights are long and days are cold. So, Right. Uh, but the holiday spirit is upon us. Yeah, exactly. That's that's uh, how it is out here. I'm uh, out in Delaware here, so we're we're live. And on the East Coast, it's actually um, going to be warming up here to about uh, 65 to 68 degrees by the end of the week. So wow. I'm really shocked at that. You, usually we're in the 30s. We see some snow by now, but I'll take it. It's It's a good thing. Yeah. I grew up in so. Ithaca, New York, so I'm used to very cold, very snowy winters. Oh, yeah. Been up that way for, for business travel and uh, up the Rochester area as well. So Buffalo, I know how that how that gets. So I'm sure you're enjoying it where you are, though. 
California. California is a little bit warmer. Yeah, exactly. So, well, thanks so much for, for joining us. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your um, your busy schedule to uh, to join us today. And uh, we've got a, a great audience that listens live to our, our weekly show here. I do a lot of career coaching for uh, the youth of America. And um, they love to hear from, you know, from senior uh, executives. And uh, I think it's going to be great. So I've got uh, some questions for you. I'd love to uh, just get jump right in and, uh, and get started. Perfect. Let's do it. Great. Awesome. So the first thing I want to ask you is, is so what made you uh, choose the career path that you're on? Like what made you go down that career path? Yeah, it's, it's a combination of a few factors, some of which happened earlier in, in my life and, and some of which happened uh, along the journey that nudged it uh, from place to place. So I was always interested, even as a kid, in connecting different groups of people. So I was an athlete, played in the orchestra, enjoyed school, was reasonably social, and I didn't define myself as being in any one of those groups. So I always liked connecting the dots between those different groups of people that I knew. Then in high school, had the opportunity to go to a wonderful magnet school in North Carolina called the North Carolina School of Science and Mathematics. Uh, say that five times fast. And yeah. <laughs> there had a real opportunity to uh, be hands-on with math and science and physics and, in particular, computers. And that led me to become very interested in saying, hey, maybe I want to be a scientist. So in college, began a path to become a, a physicist. And about halfway through my college career, I was spending time in the lab and I realized, you know, I'm not really enjoying all this time on my own in the lab, and I'm not really precise enough to run every experiment perfectly each time. And I right. know that I'm not bright enough to be a theoretical physicist, so I better be thinking about a different career choice here. <laughs> and it started to take uh, a bunch of other classes across the University of North Carolina and really enjoyed some of the econ, some of the marketing, and right. the business side started to become appealing. So when it came time to choose the first job out of school, one of my teammates had graduated a few years ahead of me, and he'd suggested I look at investment banking as an analyst. So spent two years gotcha. uh, in, in investment banking and realized fantastic training ground, great analytical thinking, training ground, great opportunity to understand the financial markets. But at the end of the day, I felt like I also didn't want to pursue that as a career. It wasn't something where I gotcha. owned the outcome. So off to business school, I went. And in business school, I had a chance to combine my interest in math and computers and science with my interest in connecting different groups, with my interest in the concept of helping companies grow, which I'd seen through investment banking. And that right. led me to start uh, my first company coming out of graduate school, which was an online insurance marketplace back in 1995. Uh, that Intuit purchased. So I've been working oh, okay. now as a, a CEO or senior leader for over 20 years in my career at this intersection of how do you get teams to work well and right. how do you grow a company, set the right culture, and use technology to make people's lives better. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, it's a it's a good way to go down a, uh, a career path. I kind of took the um, the same route. I went into uh, film and television production and just uh, – you know, I got through school and just didn't feel it and went into uh, banking myself and uh, mm -hmm. ended up in IT. 
and uh, here I am now, you know, starting my own business. So it's, uh, you know, I kind of felt the same way, kind of connecting the dots along the way too. It's a great point that you bring up, you know, all the different things I did. I played in sports and, you know, was in IT, customer service, you know, banking and, and all these different areas. And I feel like I, I really kind of see that picture now, like all the dots, like, you know, customer service is important and so many other things are, are very important, but it's, it's in how you say that. So, yeah, and, a, and the piece yeah. there, yeah, the piece there that was interesting was there wasn't a I'm going to take these two steps and I'm going to take these two steps and these two steps. It was thinking into the future that there are some things I think connect the dots for me that right. I'm excited about, and then along the way, different people and maybe we can talk about this. Different people and different experiences nudged me in one direction or another. That has all, when you look back on it, created a coherent story. But we're looking forward, right. there was no master plan. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of how I was. So, so that's a good point you mentioned, too, because I, I had a lot of that, too, where you, know, you have people, you know, kind of become mentors or sort of take you under their wings. And, and you have probably had a few of those people, too, that kind of nudge and said, hey, I think this is a great opportunity. And, and what was that like, too, just to kind of get that, that good advice and sort of that sort of mentorship as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Well, I think some of the the mentorship components that happened along the way were hugely important. Uh, both to show me what I didn't know and try to right. expose me to some areas of, of my skills that I needed to work on, but also to you know, pull me into situations that gave me a chance to really challenge myself and show what I could do. So uh, so those those have been critical at almost every step along the way from investment banking to the first startup to then being part of Intuit for a while Right. And realizing how little I did know by being exposed to terrific managers and leaders. Uh, again, we can tell some of those stories as we go through. And then going back into startup land as a CEO, uh, trying right. to exercise those those skills uh, in very difficult situations. And then going on to finally one last startup and then winding up here at GoDaddy where I get to, to help steer the ship and use all of those lessons learned over 20 years to help us help That's small great. businesses around the world make their dreams happen. Yep, and I'm sure it's a great opportunity there, GoDaddy. I love GoDaddy, and I think it's uh, it's got a great great concept, a great business model, and and I know so many people that that use it. It's just the ease of use, and, and customer service is great. So I think you've got uh, some great opportunities there. Thank you. So what, what's an early career challenge that you faced, um, and how did you overcome it? You know, something that you just kind of stopped in your tracks and said, "Well, this is a big challenge. Okay, what, what do I do next year? How do I how do I overcome this?" So how did you? What was the challenge, and how did you overcome it? Yeah, well, I have one from from my first job where in investment banking at the time, the expectation was that you were on call 24-7, and I was happy to work at that pace. I was at that time 22 uh, and was working from 7 a.m. until 10 or 11 p.m., go to the gym, get dinner, go to sleep around to get back up and do it again day after day after day. And uh, right. I wound up being at work one day working on a project, and I felt a little bit odd and went to the bathroom and, and collapsed. And uh, oh, friends took me into a uh, local hospital, and, and they said, well, we're not really sure what's wrong, but go take some time off. So went home to my folks in North Carolina and basically spent a few weeks recovering uh, at my parents' house. And and I had to step back and think about what I had assumed was the way to get ahead, which was just plow through it and work really hard and uh, you're invincible and realize that that didn't work. 
uh, or it worked, but only up to a point. And so uh, when I came back to work from that, I was a little better about getting good work done, but set some more clear boundaries about getting to the gym, doing a little bit socially, right. actually try to go out and see friends. And uh, when I got ready to leave investment banking, uh, I'll, I'll remember this, I think, forever. It's one of the reasons I decided not to go back. The bonus that I was paid was significantly less because, quote, I had slacked off. And so my learnings from that were a few. One, you do have limits. Uh, two, no matter how hard you work, it's never enough. Like there's always someone who's going to expect more. So there has to be another way to build your career and build your uh, your view towards success that's not reliant purely on uh, working more hours. And the right. third thing was the importance of culture and uh, what cultures did I feel I could both be a part of and be successful in and what would I want to build later on as a leader. So those were three three particularly important lessons I took away that really shaped some of the choices I made later on in my career. Yeah, that, that that's some really great points because I think, you know, as I started out too, I, I did the same thing. You know, I'd, you know, be the first one in the office. I'd always be in, you know, 630 in the morning and I just would, you know, look up and say, wow, it's eight, nine o'clock at night. I'm still here. And you know, it's, uh, you work long hours and try to get to the gym. And I, I remember, you know, many times like that where, I said, gosh, what am I doing? I'm just kind of plowing through it. And then it kind of, for me, I think it was the same thing, like a revelation, like, you know, I can't operate like this. I have, I have to have a better balance. And, and I see so many people still doing that. You know, so many people just, they get in their career and they just, they plow through it. And, you know, in a couple of years they're burned out or you have these top performers and superstars and two, three years, they're just failing miserably. And uh, it, it's, it's a shame to see, but that's, that's some really great points to bring up. And um, yeah, I, I think culture is another thing too, that I always try to create and pride myself and create a great, warm and open culture, collaborative. And, and I just see a lot of people, you know, not really thinking about culture. And I, I did a poll um, over the summer and I had about a thousand respondents and cult, company culture was, was, you know, the number one thing that they brought up for leaving a job. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's very good key points there. Yeah. Thank you. I, those, those uh, are sometimes, I think, viewed as fungible, meaning, okay, I'm looking for this right. job. I can overlook uh, what the definition of success is at this job, or I can overlook right. the fact that you know, there are things that personally I find important, but maybe I can put them off to the side for now. I think that uh, the cultural element is one where, well, you need to feel that you can bring your whole self to work, is the way we talked about it, to be authentic and to be able to bring your personal and your work self together and integrate them versus try to balance them uh, became one of those key elements. And it's still, hey, I still work exceptionally hard, but I want to do right. it in a way that I can make my life work with family and uh, yep. friends and other elements outside of just my day job that, that I find give me energy, which also interestingly tied back to the effort only piece, which was someone's always going to outwork you because they're right. – Four billion people on the workforce, and if you're just going to be gauging your success on how many hours am I am I going to be in the office or working from home, uh, someone else is going to do more. So, what else can I do that I can bring to bear that maybe is unique about me? And that's where connecting different groups, trying to build right. my skills around uh, active listening and and bringing groups together and asking good questions and and making connections between 
parts of my life that actually impact on work that are pretty unusual. Like I do a lot with the arts, I do a lot with technology, and those two things are often not found in the same leader. So those types of yep. benefits that I could bring into an organization were ones that I, I relied even more heavily on as I've continued to advance. Yeah, that's great. So thinking about, you know, your early parts of your career, would you go back and, and try to change anything? Or do you feel that, you know, all the, the lessons you learned are just so worth it at this point where you're at now? Yeah, I generally have a, a pretty no regrets view back on the moves that I've made. So I feel like certainly those early stages, I had to learn those lessons by going through them. I don't think someone could have told me uh, this and I would have said, oh, perfect, great. I won't, I won't work quite as hard. Uh, that would have been right. a very hard thing to have taken away. So I think I had to learn that directly. Yeah. Um, so I don't have anything that I'd do differently. I do think, interestingly, I took a, a job as a CEO, uh, and I thought that that particular company where I went was one where I could bring my leadership and management understanding, and I could learn the subject matter. And I'd spent at that point almost 15 years working with small businesses and uh, consumers, but mainly small businesses in the last few years there. And I then left to go lead a company that had nothing to do with small businesses at all. It was in uh, neuroscience space. And I found that while I could bring the leadership and management capabilities with me to that, that role, not having subject matter expertise made my ability to bring decisions to a point where we could debate them as a team and then make a call was very hindered. Like it was a real challenge to not know the brain science as well as the rest of the team to not understand some of the history of how brain development worked and and what was going to be effective from a science perspective. So it took me a tremendous amount of time to build that knowledge. I basically got a, a tutor from one of the other team members to help me get up to speed. But looking back, I wish I had appreciated the importance of subject matter uh, and been more able to get up to speed on that stuff and not rely as heavily on the management and leadership expertise. So it was a really good lesson for me on what do you need to do to be successful? You need to have both subject matter expertise and uh, leadership capability. Yeah, that that that's a huge thing because I, you know, I've seen so many people come in and they have you know really great leadership skills and then, you know, you, you take a chance and you bring people in and then you know you think okay they could pick the stuff up you, you do the interview process and then you know a couple months in you're like they're just really not picking the stuff up fast enough or they're not so that's a that's a great point too is really trying to get in there and, and you know learn everything you can and, and helping you know getting other people to help you and get up to speed quickly. Right, right. And that could be a functional skill that's new. Right. Uh, That could be an industry. In this case, for me, it was industry that I had to pick up quite quickly. And, uh, you know, that slowed down the organization. So if I had been more cognizant of that coming in, I would have asked for more help sooner, for sure. Gotcha. So what do you look for um, in an employee to hire that works under you? Like, what are the the skill sets you look for and just, you know, uh, competencies as well? Yeah, the the most important is what I'll call the growth mindset. So this is a fantastic concept I picked up uh, probably 15 years ago through a mentor of mine, Steve Bennett, and he had learned it from Carol Dweck. So there's a long lineage here, and, and Carol Dweck is a psychologist at Stanford, and she had developed a theory about why do some people 
uh, rise to the occasion when they're faced with challenges and obstacles? And why do right. other folks shy away from those challenges? And after a tremendous amount of research in a number of situations from kids to students to athletes to business people, she realized it was what she called the mindset, the difference between a growth mindset where you are looking at challenges as learning opportunities. You believe that your skills and abilities are malleable, can get better as you use them and as you encounter situations that you uh, don't know how to solve and then you through perseverance, solve them. Uh, and that's right. considered a growth mindset. And then the fixed mindset is where people consider their their talent and ability relatively static or fixed. And there you find folks, instead of relishing the challenge or relishing difficulty, they shy away from it because it threatens uh, their view of themselves as being smart or being good at a particular right. job. When they encounter something that's a challenge, they they don't want to put too much effort in because that hurts their self-image of being smart or, or intelligent. So I look for, first and foremost, growth mindset, and that's how do people respond to challenges? How do they take feedback? Is feedback viewed as something that helps them get better, or is it something they reject because they're they're fully formed already and it takes right. effort to, to change? So that's, that's Great. the number one trait that I'm looking for. Yeah, I, I like that. And, and I'm the type, too, where I just I love to be thrown into challenges. It's like put me in the fire, you know, my, my customer service days, it was like, give me the, the toughest customer, the challenge that we're having and, and let's solve it. Let's figure out how we can fix this and then move forward or just throw me in. And if I fail, I'll fail hard and fast, but I'll, I'll learn a pretty good lesson. And yeah, I, I see a lot of people just, just shying away. And that's, that's an area where I try to help people is, okay, how do you get past that sort of mindset of sort of looking bad or sort of that, that fear that people have. And it really, really is amazing to see how, how people just get you know, so much fear built up in them that they just kind of panic and they just sort of stall and then they don't, they don't grow and they just stay stagnant in their career. But uh, yes. that's, that's a great thing. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. So in your role with GoDaddy, so you set and uh, execute, um, you know, the vision with the end to end technology and, and you have 13 million customers right now, something like that for small business customers, yes, I think. That's right. 13 okay. million small businesses. Uh-huh. Gotcha. So, so what are some of the things that you're doing now to ensure you meet the customer's needs? Because obviously the needs are changing. We're in this, you know, so fast-paced environment that, you know, as a, as a business customer, if we're not getting what we need right away, people, you know, hit the panic button or, you know, I'm guilty of that as well. But how do you uh, – what are some of the things you're doing? How do you meet those needs, especially in this environment today? Yeah, so what's been really fun in my career is that I've had a chance to work in organizations that are uh, steeped in the customer and so when I think about how do we meet customers' needs, well, the simple answer is go ask the customer what they want, but you don't ask them directly what they want. You go observe them, and you listen to the questions they ask your customer care team, and we go observe these folks trying to use existing products that we've brought to that small business as GoDaddy, or maybe uh, competitors have brought to that customer and see how they use them and what struggles they have and uh, what do they want to do to help their business be successful? So it's interesting that the simple answer in this case is really the right one, which is we help customers by trying to find out what they really want. And then we iterate on ideas. So we try to avoid jumping all the way through to conclusion and sketch out a grand vision and then build that grand vision, which takes us three years and show it to the customer. They go, well, that's not what I wanted. So we try to take the customer feedback and in bite-sized pieces, show it to them. Say, well, is this what you want? And not only do we show it to them, but we try to build it so they can actually use it. 
So as the customer interacts with that particular service, does it help them acquire customers, for example, if it's email marketing? Or does it right. help them uh, stay more in touch with customers on the go if it's some kind of a an email, professional email product? And if they use it and they continue to use it and then they're willing to renew on that product, well, hey, then I think we've got something there. So that's right. that's what I do a lot is talk directly to the customer, ask our customer care team what they think, and look at the data to find out if customers are using uh, what we have built. And if they have, well, then we're on the right track. And then it becomes a question of what do we do next to make it even better from here. That's great. Yeah, and I, and I love the services. I mean, I'll tell you, it's just uh, it was a little bit you know nervous with the whole web hosting thing because you hear so much stuff out there, and I'm not the most technologically inclined person, but uh, I had so many people say, hey, just you know, you've got your domains registered with GoDaddy, it's an all-in-one shop, and I think that's what what I like best about it is, you know, you've got the domain registration, you know, you've got email, web hosting, and it's just a really good suite, uh, you know, good package that it just you feel so comfortable. And and the people I've I've worked with on the phones, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm just. I'm not technologically technologically inclined here. I need some help here, and they're great to to walk through. So I think you guys are definitely definitely got something really special there. I think it's great because I've seen other other companies out there too, and just don't seem to have that that vibe that you guys have. So that's that's great. Yeah, that's so. what you just hit on is is one of the major challenges we see from these small businesses, which is I'm in business to be a great writer. I'm in business to be a great leather worker. I'm in business to be a great uh, artist. I'm not in business to be the IT person, the marketer, right. the finance person. And so what we try to build at, at GoDaddy is uh, a service that you don't need to be that expert. You know, We try to build it simply so that you can do it yourself. And if you need help, you call one of our care team 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, and we have given them the freedom to try to figure out what the issue is and solve it for you. So that's, right. I'm glad you've had that experience. And that's what we think every day is how do we help small businesses start, run, and grow their business? Because at the end of the day, you know, small businesses don't have that many allies, and, and we really want GoDaddy to be viewed as a champion for you as the small business owners you go out there every day and, and make things happen. Right. No, exactly. And and I think too lately, like what I've seen, because I've, I've called in for some web hosting stuff and trying to get the email set up. And I, I think the best description I could use it as, I almost feel like it, it's an extension of my company. And that's something I think you guys hit on really well versus other, other companies that are out there. Like you just, you feel like, you know, the people are good and then you get the survey and then you get the follow up. And I've even had it too now where I've had somebody you know, just email me say, Hey, how's everything going? You, you good to go? like a really nice little follow-up. And I just love that. I'm like, I'm like, that's a nice touch. You know, it's like people actually care. It's like, they're not just about the business. Okay. How do we help this relationship and how do we mature it along the uh, the curve? So it's good stuff. Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. I'm really glad you had a good experience. Yeah. Uh, so what, what's one piece of information um, you can give to those who are just starting out in their career? Like if you had one just nugget of information that you could say to people, Hey, this is the best advice I can give you if you're just starting out in your career. Yeah, I think I'll I'll see if I can sneak two in under the guise of it being a compound Perfect. sentence. Perfect, that works. So uh, be open to learning while being aware of your strengths. So by that I mean you, know, you can't plot out a perfect career path that you know linearly steps out here by next five jobs. So that's why I say be open to learning, but also be aware of your strengths. Know what you're good at. So when you uh, arrive in a new situation or you see an opportunity pop up, you can say, wow, I can I can learn something new there, and I also can use what I think uh, I'm very good at. So you're always playing to your strengths while building on those strengths and learning new things. I think that will help people move 
uh, through their career to whatever they want to achieve in the best way because you'll never be bored. You'll always be able to bring to your team something that you can do really well and you'll be appreciated for. And I think right. those two elements together can make people successful over a long period of time. That's, that's a great point because a, a lot of times I see people, you know, they, they go into their um, you know, career and they see an opportunity or the, you know, the environment in the department's not good. They have a you know, a challenge with their boss and they just, oh, here's an opportunity that's popped up. You know, I'm just going to kind of jump in and they don't even really talk about or think about their strengths, like what, you know, they really don't sit down and say, Hey, what can I do to kind of move forward here? Is this a good fit for me? And I, and I see a lot of people doing that. Cause that's, that's a question I often ask people, you know, why are you here? What are you looking at? What interests you in this job? And what are your strengths? And a lot of times I just don't, don't hear those things. I just hear, Oh, it just it sounds like an interesting opportunity versus them mm-hmm. kind of sort of taking command and control of it saying, Hey, here's what I can, what I can help you guys out. And this is how I'm going to grow as well. So that's a, that's a great point. Good. Yeah. I, I found that to be, Really, the way I've tried to take one step at a time is I've been growing and learning, uh, play to my strengths while being open to trying new stuff. Right. And and sometimes, too, I'm, I'm competitive, so sometimes I might just say, you know, it sounds really interesting, and I'll just kind of jump in and say, I'll figure it out. But I, I've learned as I've matured here, too, is you, know, you definitely have to utilize your strengths very well, and, and it, it's – to me, that was sort of the selfish mentality I had where it's now it's like, okay, how can I help, you know, a department benefit or how can I help a company benefit versus me just kind of getting in there being it all about me. So mm-hmm. good stuff. So before we go, I just got, yeah, one, one last question for you and I'll, I'll let you go. And I really appreciate your time today. This has been a, a fantastic interview. So I do thank you for, um, for joining us today. This has been, this has been great. Thank you. So thank you. Fire away. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. So my last question for you is you're sitting at a table and your younger self sits down in front of you. What would you tell your younger self? Um, I think that I would tell my younger self, you're about to have a really fun ride and enjoy the journey. Make sure that along the way you're both taking the opportunities that are presented to you and take every opportunity to not only enjoy work, but enjoy life. So it's oh, it's great. been one of those things where I feel really, really excited and very, very much in a position where if I look back 20 years, I couldn't imagine that I am where I am. So I, I feel very, very lucky to have landed where I am. That's great. That's, that's wonderful advice. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for um, for joining us today. This has been a fantastic interview and uh, wish you uh, nothing but the best success at uh, GoDaddy. If you ever need uh, anybody to give feedback, I'm always always happy to do that as well. So Great. I, we will take you up on that. Thank you, Joe. Great. Great. Thanks so much, Stephen. I really appreciate it. You have a wonderful day. You're welcome. You too. Have take a great care. night. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. That was Mr. Uh, Stephen Aldrich, uh, Senior Vice President of Business Applications at GoDaddy. Uh, went a little long on the interview, but that was fantastic. Uh, some really good insight and information. Um, I, I really loved what he had said about just sitting down with his younger self. And, and I know I, I don't usually um, give that question to people. And I basically, um, I don't put that out there. And I just let people kind of answer it, get a real raw a uh, piece of information and just enjoy the ride. That's I think that's one of the things that people forget. You know, you're getting out in your career. It's it's a big big decision. It's one of your biggest life decisions that you make. But um, I think just enjoying the ride and learning how to um, have that good balance, as he said earlier, is is really uh, really great advice. And um, I think also too, you know, a great point that Stephen brought up was just be open to learning. You know, while being aware of 
uh, your strengths. You know, again, I, I see so many people not fully aware what they're capable of, but just using those strengths to your advantage and helping your division or your, your department. But then also too, uh, you know, playing on those strengths and, and also to developing yourself uh, new skill sets is is really key. So fantastic interview with uh, with Stephen. Thank you again so much, Stephen, for for joining us. Uh, so we're going to wrap up the show here in just a few. We've got a couple um, quick pieces of information uh, as we do on our weekly um, show here. We do the dailyjobcuts.com where we talk about uh, what's going on, uh, just so you're aware of different job cuts and company moves. Uh, and next year, we'll actually be expanding this to uh, the companies that are actually hiring when we hear big hirings or we are hiring freezes as well. So we'll really try to expand this, uh, this area. As people have said, this is, a, this is a great sort of piece of, um, piece of information they get. So as we've heard and we've reported on, uh, Staples and Office Depot, the merger, the FTC announced on Monday a challenge to the $6 billion merger. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, and Keurig Green Mountain Coffee and the K-Cups, as we all love and know, and I have a couple of them myself, uh, is going to be bought for about 13 to $14 billion, uh, by a private investment group. Uh, we don't know if there's any uh, job losses or any reassignments, but we'll, we'll keep a close eye on Keurig. Uh, global mining giant Anglo American is shedding 85,000 jobs over the next five years uh, as it sells uh, 60% of its assets. So uh, definitely some people are going to be out of work um, very soon, unfortunate. Uh, and Morgan Stanley, uh, we just learned, is going to let go of about 1,200 employees. Uh, these cuts are about 470 people, uh, mostly in their um, fixed income commodity staff. AOL, which uh, 100 employees, is going to be like on its dial-up group. And this is actually six months into its acquisition by Verizon, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see some more streamlining there with AOL. Uh, Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Michigan. Uh, is indicating there's going to be some job cuts coming soon. We don't know what that looks like yet, but we'll keep an eye on that. And Barclays is indicating about 20% more job cuts in its investment bank division. So we'll keep a close eye on that as well. And that's actually all the time we have for this week's show. Uh, next week, we've got Mr. Joe DeVito, who's the executive vice president um, of Capital V Productions. And he's also a major MTV executive producer, uh, he uh, worked on all the, the Jackass series and Bear Margera series, as well as New York Inc. So it'd be great to kind of hear from him about um, getting into television and film production. That's one of my areas that I started out in my career and made a transition. So uh, we might be up in New York live for that. Uh, if not, I will keep everybody updated. And I'm definitely going to get off here and get some rest. I appreciate all the well wishes. And um but as I said, the show's got to go on. So um, as an entrepreneur, you got to do what you got to do and keep going and, and plow through things. Uh, get a little bit of rest here. And as Stephen said, you know, have a good balance. So definitely going to be shutting down here. Uh, so that's all the time we have for tonight. Uh, please join me next week. Uh, same time, same channel. Find me at Facebook at Facebook.com, Joe Wu fan page, Twitter at Joe Rychowski, Google Plus at JoeWu.com. Thank you for all listening tonight and being a part of this journey. Good night and live amazing, everybody.